Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. My wife has a cousin who is a missionary in Tanzania. It's not easy work, but Glenn seems to get a lot of joy out of it. Living for Jesus does that for you. This week, he posted a short video of a song of worship from these dear people. Their only accompaniment was a wooden drum. They sang and danced in praise to God. It was a typical call and response type of song that is endemic to Africa, where so much of the music we listen to now was born. I'm always blessed by African worship. They worship with their whole being, with true joy and enthusiasm. But it wasn't all those things that got me about this song. It was the beautiful lyric that expressed a simple truth that I don't think I've ever heard in a Western Christian song or hymn. Here it goes. I will sing for the Lord because he has seen me. Did you get that? I will sing to the Lord because he has seen me. That is profound. Of course, they were not singing in English, so I'm grateful to Glenn for the subtitles. Otherwise, it would have been lost on me. Sing to the Lord because he has seen me. I think it's kind of ironic that I saw this on Facebook. Facebook, of course, is all about wanting to be seen, but not by the Lord, by other people. Sometimes I get sort of sad when I see how many people there are out there who just want somebody to notice them, whether it's their new hairdo, their new car, their beach vacation, or just what they had for lunch. Some of the things that people post make me wonder if they have anybody at all to talk to at home. So often I say to myself about stuff on there, I really don't care. But I suppose somebody should care. I'm, I'm so glad that I have people at home who will listen to the trivia of my life and feel free to share theirs with me. But apparently there are millions of people who don't have anybody that notices them. Speaking of Africans, there's one in Acts chapter 8 that I want to talk about. Like the folks in that video from Tanzania, he found out that God saw him. The story begins with a deacon named Philip. The church was prospering in Jerusalem in the days after Pentecost, but then a great persecution arose instigated by a young Pharisee named Saul. It began with the stoning of Stephen, one of the seven deacons appointed in chapter 6. Everyone was scattered except the twelve apostles. Philip, also a deacon, went from Jerusalem to Samaria to preach Christ to them. He saw a red-hot revival. Many who were demon-possessed were dramatically delivered, and many who were lame were healed. The whole city was transfixed by this amazing work of God. After a while, Jerusalem heard what was happening, and they sent Peter and John to pray for the new converts that they might be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the meantime, God had other plans for Philip. He took him out of this great revival and led him down a desert road toward Gaza. But there were no crowds here, no demonic deliverances, no wonderful healings. There was just one 
man sitting in his wagon reading the Bible. I wish Luke had told us his name, but he didn't. He does tell us, however, that this Ethiopian was a a big shot. The treasurer for the queen mother in Ethiopia, which was apparently modern-day Nubia. But no matter, this man from so far away had become a God-fearer. He worshipped the God of Israel and was returning after visiting Jerusalem to worship the one true God. He had been able to acquire a scroll of Isaiah, which was itself interesting. There were no religious bookstores in Jerusalem where you could pick up such a thing. So he's reading, no doubt in Greek, Isaiah 53. The Holy Spirit instructs Philip to go climb into the wagon with him and explain the word of God. He's reading Isaiah 53, 7 and 8, which says, Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. You know, the way God was leading in this situation just floors me. The Ethiopian says to Philip, is the prophet here talking about himself or somebody else? What an opening for this preacher. Luke says that Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture And preached unto him Jesus. Now remember, this was the same Philip who was at the center of that great revival in Samaria, where the whole city was focused like a laser on this preacher. But here he has a congregation of only one. But this is the congregation God had picked out for this mighty preacher of the gospel. Because God cared as much about that one Ethiopian as he did for all the Samaritans. God saw that Ethiopian. He saw into his heart. He saw his hunger for the truth of God. And he sent this deacon Philip to show him the way more perfectly. They were evidently in motion as they were having their Bible study. And suddenly the Ethiopian sees water and says, What's keeping me from being baptized right now? So they stopped, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him on the spot. Afterwards, the Holy Spirit carried Philip off somewhere else, and the Ethiopian continued his southward journey rejoicing. What a great story. God saw that one man sitting in his fancy Ethiopian wagon, wanting to understand the word of God. And God met him. My friend, could there be some inquirer that God will bring across your path? Someone who is hungry for spiritual reality? Are you ready to meet them? Perhaps they won't be sitting in their car reading the Bible. Maybe they will be shopping for produce at the grocery store. God led my wife and me to pray for a lady looking at strawberries one time. Recently, I met a young believer whom I I sought to encourage as he graciously loaded my groceries in the back of my car. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are 
sons of God. Are you a son of God, a daughter of God? Are you being led by God's Spirit? That's the giveaway. Those who are being led by the Holy Spirit are God's children. Philip was led by the Spirit to that black Ethiopian on the road to Gaza. Philip walked in the Spirit. He lived every moment in the Spirit. If you want to be led by the Spirit, then you must shut off all those worldly voices that come at you from every direction. You must shut yourself in with God's Word and learn to listen. Paul taught us to let the Word of Christ live in us richly. We can't get by on little snacks of the Word. We must continually feast upon it. It must be our life. It must fill our minds. It must be upon our lips. Be ready always to give an answer to the one who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Well, friends, if this message helps you today, then thank those Christians in Tanzania who blessed my soul with their great song of worship. I will sing for the Lord, for he has seen me. Just as he did with Philip, he wants to see those in need through your eyes. Are you available? Heavenly Father, I know there are people all around every one of us, all of us who are believers, followers of Christ, people around us who need to know the way of God more perfectly. They need to be taught about Jesus. They need to see him in God's word. They need to have the love of Christ shared with their hungry hearts. So help us, Lord. Help us to be led by the Spirit. Help us to be alert to these opportunities. And I pray, Lord God, that you would just... Uh, anoint those listening to my voice and give them a greater hunger for the word of God, that they will shut themselves in with you so they can learn to hear your voice and be led by the Spirit. And I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. My dear friend, uh, some friends of mine and I and my family, we feel that God has led us to establish a work for the kingdom in Schenectady, New York. And we would love if you would just pray for us and ask God to, to provide for us. There are many needs to help us, and uh, we do meet on Sundays at 10 o'clock at the uh, American Legion Hall, which is at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. If you're in the area and you don't have a church home, we would love to meet you. And uh, as always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. I pray that God will bless you richly.